for me, my faith is, it's where I draw energy from. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Lars Anderson. Lars, how are you doing today? Doing great. Excited to be here. Yeah, excited to have you. Uh, man, we've gotten to know each other over the last, I don't know, year or so, I guess maybe a little bit before that, but um, both part of uh, a networking uh, group, Abundance, and gotten to know each other. Lars is a realtor with Team Steady, an investor. Um, man, I'll, I'll let you kind of give your brief bio, just kind of what I guess maybe uh, let's rewind a little bit where you came from yeah, and then kind of what you're doing today. Yeah, no. Um, so I am born and raised in Minnesota. Um, I'll first say a few things about me. So if you were to know three things about me that are important, I'm the youngest of five siblings. So I am, I got three older brothers and an older sister. I'm competitive. Um, we're kind of a tight knit family. Um, everyone now has, has kids, but I love sports. I love playing sports with my siblings. And, and so, uh, kind of competitive by nature. Um, I'm a follower of, of Christ. So my relationship with Jesus is by far the most important thing to me. It's, it's kind of where everything in my life flows from. It's where I find, um, purpose. It's how I do business. It's how I treat people. It's how I, um, uh, treat my kids, my wife. Um, so that's something that's important to know about me. And then, um, I'm also someone who just believes whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. So whatever I'm doing, I'm like, let's go all out on this. Let's, you know, take action. It could be something business related. It could be diving into personal development or, or something like that. So that's kind of three background things about me. Um, I have a wife, Nicole, and two little kids, a little boy that's two, a little girl that's one. Um, love being a dad. And yeah, on the real estate side, I lead a team. Me and two other guys lead a team of 15 agents under the REMAX re results umbrella here in the Twin Cities. Um, so I've done that for five and a half years as being a residential agent and have kind of purchased investment properties along the way myself. Um, me and my wife. Um, and so that kind of brings me to today. Love it. Love it. I love, I love how you led with kind of what's important to you. Let's talk about that. Uh, well, first of all, I'm, I'm the youngest of six, so I got you <laughs> slightly beat, but there you, know. you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about the, the faith. Um, cause I think that's a challenge. It's a challenge for me. It's a challenge for a lot of people is faith in business. Um, let's yeah. talk about kind of how you show up with your faith in business. Are you doing anything um, that ties the two together? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it absolutely ties together. I think the, for me, my faith is, it's where I draw energy from it's where I draw like uh kind of fearlessness from because I go my identity as a human being on this planet is I would view myself as a, a son of of God and that's where my identity is 
versus my identity in my business. When I was growing up, I found my identity in my sports or what other people in high school thought of me. And so that was kind of before I found this new identity of like, hey, first and foremost, I'm a son of God. That's not going to change. I entered this earth with nothing. It was just me. I'm going to leave. I'm not going to take anything with me. Um, So part of my daily routine is just going, you know, Lord, what do you have me do today? Knowing that I came with nothing, I'm going to leave with nothing. You know, what do you have for me today and, and how can I serve you? And that bleeds into how I look at people. They're not just the next deal. Um, they're not just the next commission check. You know, I, I kind of view like, Hey, how is, um, how is that person, you know, impacting the community? How can I help them build this life for them and their family and, you know, treat them with love. And, and so that's, I I guess that's kind of where it, it really bleeds in for me. It's, it's not necessarily that I'm talking to every person and going, Hey, are you a Christian? I'm a Christian. You should think about being a Christian. You know, it's more it bleeds in through just caring about people deeply, more deeply than I I think I I would if I if I didn't find my identity in that. Yeah, and that's that's really I like what you just said there. We can't look at it as a transaction, right? If you start to look at, hey, the next house you sell is another paycheck and the next uh apartment community you buy is you know cash flow if you're only looking at that i think you're very you're looking surface level and you're not going to make an impact but if you can look at it as you you are i mean this is more than a transaction this is a relationship if we look at for instance the let's call it a, a duplex or you know fourplex or something you're 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 giving somebody a home you're caring for them you're providing a safe place for them to live. If you look at it like that, not only is the money going to come, but then you're showing up as, you know, a man of faith. And um, like you said, you're maybe not preaching to them, but you're showing them through actions, um, God's love, right? Yeah. Um, did and you what, ever... Can I jump in and say one more thing? It just came to mind a little bit. Yeah. Um. Something I was thinking about this morning, and this is being a little bit vulnerable to jump right in, but um, <laughs> I, I I do a, a 6 a.m. workout, okay. which it's sometimes easier than others to get up, but 6 a.m. workout, and then I like to do like a, a sauna what, like session. A full, like a full workout? Are you doing like, like weights running, and weights, that type of stuff? No, not too much running unless I'm playing basketball, <laughs> pick up sports or something, but um, which we probably do once a week early in the morning. Otherwise, it's squatting and benching yeah. and yeah, yeah. so full, full of, workout though yeah yeah cool um and then i do a sauna and the sauna is a time for me to just like you know i'll try to maybe follow twice a week a, a meditate like a tony robbins gratefulness meditation mm-hmm. or i'll listen to you know instrumental music and and meditate this morning i was just like my thoughts were going rampant with like negative thoughts. I'd call them like even, even evil thoughts where I'm going, man, my contractors are not hitting their timelines. They're not hitting their budgets. Um, the other agents that I'm dealing with on certain transactions are just not, are, are don't have their head 
on straight with these different, and I was just like, and that was obviously putting my mind in a, in a horrible spot. And then I'm going, Hey, I've had thoughts like this before. Um, there's, there's a book, Think and Grow Rich. I also go, the Bible talks about this. A, a guy named King Solomon goes, where your thoughts are, your actions flow from. So then it was me going, hey, I've, I've read these books. I've, um, you know, I've had great coaches that go, if I want to be grateful, I need to start thinking of things that I'm grateful for because my mind can't be both grateful and be thinking about all these negative thoughts about other people. And I know I don't want to be someone who thinks negatively towards other people because it just, yeah. it puts a weight on my shoulders. So that was just like a real life example this morning. That was like, you know, I tried to not be like, what well, Lars, what's wrong with you? Haven't you gotten past thinking negatively towards and let this control your day? But it was like, you know, I took 10 minutes and thought about the, the, my kids, my wife, my community, the people I could call if something was going on, the network abundance that I'm a part of that I get to, you know, talk to you today. And it's like, doesn't take too long of that to go. Yeah. What a great headspace I'm now. And now I can treat other people like they should be treated. Sorry. That was a tangent. No, I love that because I literally this morning uh, was, was on a walk with my, with my dog. And I'm like thinking of all this negative stuff and and I'm like, I'm sitting here. It's a beautiful morning. The it's we got a nice, cool morning, fresh breeze. And I'm like, man, it's so beautiful. And how yeah. lucky am I that it's, you know, six thirty in the morning, and I'm out for a walk with my dog, in the woods, beautiful trees, a lake. You know, walk by a lake. Like, how awesome is all of this? Yeah, it's like slow down and stop complaining. Part of the thing, part of it is like, and that this is why I'm not a big fan of social media and TV. And that it's so easy. You know, social media is great, right? It's a great tool, but you have to use it as a tool. If you use it as this time where you spend, yeah. You know, where you sit there and you spend a lot of time in it, it starts to suck energy from you. And it, and it goes back to where what you said, and, and it's very similar quotes, is where your focus goes, energy flows. I think yeah. that might be a Tony Robbins, but it's the same kind of quote as what you mentioned in the Bible and King Solomon and when mentioned yeah. Think and Grow Rich. I mean, that's just, if you're focused on something, that's where your energy goes. And so- man, it's just, just sitting there meditating or praying or whatever. It really can help kind of ground you and bring you back to what really is, is important and valuable. Yeah. And what I like about your show is, I mean, when I hear pillars of wealth is like, my mind goes right to like, wealth is so much more than money. Right. So being a part of go abundance and things, you know, great network group of guys kind of chasing abundance in all these different aspects of life. The one bucket that I can sometimes see is still like, there's still this urge to be, like you said, social media, like how are others perceiving you? How yeah. are others perceiving your business? Mm -hmm. How much money do you have? What's the next big deal that's going to fill up your cup? 
Mm. You know, and and those are um I still I still see that even with with people that are um you know have have such great success or other people might go, that's a life that I want to live. Um, but it all comes back to like you no matter what you have, you still gotta be thankful yeah. for it. And, and I think that's good to have positive. that desire, right? That's it's yeah. good to have that desire and, and that drive to get the next to get to the next point of your yep. life and continue to push and to create and make. But also, like you said, like you got to look back and be grateful and thankful for what you've had, what you've done. I think that kind of realization and understanding goes well with, Hey, I want to get to the next level. Now, if you're yep. doing it just out of pure, like jealousy or greed, not a good thing. Right. Yep. But if there's more to it than that, did you ever have one more faith kind of based question? I can't say this, this will be my last one, but um, did you have growing up like money is bad, success is evil, uh, material belongings, or, you know, you know, you shouldn't desire uh, that thing. Was that ever kind of in your uh, upbringing in, in the church? Cause I think it's a lot of what you kind of hear and think of, especially, I don't know when I grew up, uh, in the church is like money. You hear the, the, the Bible, literally Bible quote, misquoted money is all evil, evil, right. And it's an, it's, it's for the love of money, but it's not that, but so did you, did you ever have that? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, same, same sort of thing. And that's something I battled with, you know, going through high school and, um, college and then post-college where it's like, man, I have this I want to go do more and grow and grow money and invest and do these things. And so I've had to grow a lot in that way of going, it's not, it's, it's really good to want those things. Just like you said, it's just when that's your main love is where it gets a little difficult. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. You have to separate it from being your love and greed Yeah. to, to being, you know, if you're, if you're pushing to, if you're, if you're look, if you're a faith-based person and you're pushing to further the kingdom, you're pushing to further, you know, you're saying, Hey, I, I I'm creating jobs for other people. I'm, and even if you're not a faith-based person, quite frankly, um, if you're saying, Hey, I'm, I'm doing this to create, I'm doing this to make the world a better place. I'm doing this to employ people. I'm, I'm doing this because I believe in this product. I'm doing this to, to fix up, uh, these crappy real estate assets that, you know, other people have, just abused, um, help the community, whatever it might be. That's, that's amazing. Like keep doing it and do it more, right? Do it more. If the only reason you're doing it is to make some extra money and to be rich and to live selfishly alone, well, then you're not doing much good, but if you're doing it, how I think most people want to do it, it's, it's a great thing. Yeah. I re I read this book, called garden city by john john mark comer um he talks about because when you're saying that it comes to mind like it actually drives me the most motivated i ever am is when i'm when my faith is is running strongest and my relationship with the lord is because like i just that helps me understand i was born with this um urge to work like we're made to work you know, we weren't made to go like, 
and just yeah, eat grapes. You know, and- yeah, eat grapes and and do nothing. Like we were put on this earth to develop and to yeah. develop the highway system and the retail spaces and the this and that and school systems and the families and grow and 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 do that. And um, so it actually gives me it. it it's kind of goofy, but it gives me um, so my faith gives me so much drive in the in the purpose of like pushing the envelope and growing faster, being stronger, you know, doing those yeah. things. So, and I, I see that, you know, totally with, with what you do. So just want to honor you and in, in saying you do that in a, in a really awesome and inspiring way. Thanks, man. Um, I want to dive into your business, but before that, I mean, I guess this, this has to do with your business, but at the beginning, you mentioned you, you like to go all out on what you're doing and how do you balance? Because I, I believe there's no real, true, like, balance, right? You can't be great at everything all at one time. At least I can't. Maybe maybe other people have figured it out. But how do you balance <laughs> staying going all out in your business, but also staying true to your faith, staying true to your family, staying true to, you know, your health, your friends, and so on? Because I feel like from the outside, you know, looking at you, not that you're perfect, but you do a pretty good job uh, at that. So how do you balance? How are you balancing? Is there certain things that you do or purposeful about? Yeah, that's a, um, so I'll start by saying one tool that Trevor McGregor, the great uh, coach Trevor McGregor, who I know you worked with for several years too. Yeah, um, I got to get him back on. I, lo- I yeah, love having Trevor on. Yeah, I, I worked with him, and one way to um, put it: so, so I'm kind of a like slave of the morning. My mornings, like I'm just my morning routine has to be. You know, I accomplish all of my things that make my day feel full before nine o'clock. That's mm. working out getting in the word, uh, seeing my family in the morning when they're waking up, um, you know, a little bit of alone time, kind of all of those things are accomplished in the morning. Cause I've learned that fires come up during the day and whatnot. And then what Trevor said was awesome. And I now do this. You have, if you have a pyramid, you have your most important activities up top that are your gold activities. There's no money amount that can be like, that's date night with the wife. That's going on a, a GoBundance event. That's, you know, doing a, a Bible study with some guys or a, a, a date with one of your kids or something like that. Like um, those are gold activities. The next are your dark green activities. Those would be like, you know, for me, they're prospecting. They are writing offers and negotiating. They're kind of the most highly, like where I'm making my most dollars per hour. Then I have the green activities so if you have a, a pyramid, you know, the top two are gold and dark green. And then if you go below the line, you're looking at light green activities. Um, those are kind of your activities like mowing the lawn, shoveling snow, um, doing the laundry, you know, different things that are like we could call those $20 an hour type activities. And then you have brown activities, which is more like watching Netflix, scrolling through your phone you know, really there's no, they're just filler activities. And if you do too many of those, so then I go to my schedule and I fill in my gold activities. Once those are in there, like 
And, and again, those aren't business related or they, they could be, but they're like just things that fill me up and are usually relationship based. Then the dark green activities fill my schedule. And then I try to fill my schedule with the least amount of light green and brown stuff as possible. Um, and that's a way for me to go like, hey, if I can play above that line a little more this week, because my schedule is a little more dialed in, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take steps forward in whatever areas of it in are in life. So if, if relationships are my relationship with my wife is, you know, something that's been playing below the line, then, you know, my schedule better reflect that I want to play above. So I would say for me is just those little changes. Yeah. Some non-negotiables are really important. Yeah. If, if you have a non-negotiable date night, um, <laughs> then it's a priority, right? That, that it, it's just something that happens every Monday you go out on a date and you know, every, every Thursday it's your kids, whatever sport or whatever it is, you know, like just have some of those non-negotiables that really, again, it's where your energy flows, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes that means, sometimes that means you're foregoing an opportunity, an opportunity, a great deal, a phone call that you could have answered a commission check that you could have got. Um, but you got to figure out those non-negotiables, like you said. That's a big challenge, right? Uh, at least I'm, I'm just going to assume you struggle with it too, is that phone call or text message comes in and you want to respond to it you want to answer it but it's time you've set aside with your family or time you've set aside doing something else and it's so hard to fight that urge to go after and even if you miss it you know that voicemail is there you know you should call them back right away Uh, that's really difficult yeah it's it's tough to do everything Perfectly. I'm, I'm far from it. I mean, there's, <laughs> you and I'd me say both, the man. more, the I've had to delegate more stuff. So I'd let less stuff slip through the cracks. Um, you know, cause part of what we both do is you got to be responsive to people. And so your family has to understand that, but, um, you know, we want to aim towards family is going to be more important than business, but how do we have those, um, you know, work together in a good yeah. way. <laughs> Easier well, said than done. Let, let's talk. Let's dive into the business. I mean, you yeah. got uh, you've got Team Steady. You guys are really doing well. Um, you've you've absolutely uh, crushed it. Um, you've grown from. I mean, obviously, you started started with nothing, right? You started as any as a realtor starts is you started from the bottom, and you've grown this great team. Um, how? Like what are what are maybe a couple of secrets to your success or things that you guys did that maybe other people have been in the industry as long as you or even longer haven't done? Uh and the reason you're seeing success. Yeah. Um, so I started five and a half years ago. I was I joined, it's all about like the people you run with, right? So I joined two guys named Sam and Taylor at the time. They were a couple years, both a couple years ahead of me in the residential real estate game. Both guys that absolutely crushed it year one, year two, and just kind of kept growing. I mean, like 
in, if the industry averages year one, a realtor sells five properties, Sam would have sold 60. Taylor would have sold 50. The next year they're selling 70 and 60, you know, like um, those type of people. So I, I was really just copying what they were doing and going, I'm going to be, which is there's no secrets in residential real estate. I mean, there's no easy button. It's prospecting, con, you know, consistency with doing that in your, in your daily schedule that could be doing. So I would do four or five open houses each weekend. I would cold call um, people that owned investment real estate. I would call for sale by owners or expired listings. There was a, a few more, you know, five years ago um, and consistently doing those activities. And then there's the follow-up. You got to consistently follow up. If you meet someone at an open house, you got to follow up with them then, you know, one hour later and then the next day and then the next day until they tell you to go away or else they work with you. <laughs> um, I was always working on skills. So listening to podcasts, listening to, you know, what are investors looking for? Um, how, how to work, how to, what's the best listing script for a presentation? What's the best cold calling script? Um, and then just having this kind of goes back to the consistency, but like the daily schedule of, I want to have a tight, good schedule where I'm setting aside time to do social media. I'm setting aside time to cold call, uh, set up open houses and just then just being available, you know, for, for two years, I would say I was available seven days a week, um, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, doing a lot of activities that were probably pointless. Um, but finding which ones work the best, you know, for me, and then just being relentless and continuing to do those activities for now, you know, five years, obviously I've, I've scaled back on, um, and learned to delegate. So I'm, my schedule is, uh, not seven days a week right now, but, um, how, how have you, how have you scaled back? Is it the delegation? Is that, is that what you've done? Yeah. So, so learning, um, for me, I, I haven't done many open houses, so that's getting, you know, that gets your it, weekends back. That gets weekends back. Yeah. Um, it's having uh, guys on my my team help out with showings to allow. Um, so I have someone that reaches out, hey, we'd love to see these two homes. Uh, there's someone on the team that I will actually pay to go show those people the two homes. I've learned that I'm more efficient that way. And I actually provide a better service to my client because I'm not doing so much driving back and forth. And I'm more focused on the negotiating and, and speed of delivery of an offer if we want to write an offer. But if you can imagine that gets me 10 hours back every week yep. um, of not, you know, doing as much 30 minute there, 30 minute back kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And then hiring an assistant a couple of years ago that is helping with kind of any, you know, email, any administrative type stuff and, and, and doing that. Just once you have a, once you're married and start having kids, it's like, I can't do what I was doing, you know, before where I was jumping on phone calls at 7am to 10pm every day. Well, but it, give, it, it should give people an appreciation when you first start out in whatever business you're going to start, it's not, it's not easy 
it is a grind. If you're willing to grind, you're going to have to sacrifice. You're just going to have to sacrifice your time. And if you have a family, I think it's a very good idea to have a conversation with your family that says, hey, look, I'm going to be starting this new business. And for the next year or two, I'm going to be spending a lot of my focus time on this business. Yeah. And here's the expectations. This is what I'm going to be doing. And I think you have to set that expectation up from the front side. If, if you have a, a a spouse and maybe you don't have, you know, kids yet or a, a serious, you know, significant other, I think it's important to have those conversations to say, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to spend a lot of time doing this. It's going to be a grind, but we're going to come out better, uh, you know, in the end. And as quickly as I can, I'm going to start delegating and building systems and all that kind of stuff. But you didn't know what systems to build until you started getting into the grind. And that's the Absolutely. important part. Like everybody talks about systems and they're great, but you don't know what you don't know. And so I didn't know that I should hire the bookkeeper when I, you know, I didn't know I can, you know, for you, you can hire uh, somebody to do some of your back ad, admin or drive to showings or, you know, things like that. You don't know that until you do it and you start to get into it and you're like, okay, this is what I could offload this. It would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was stubborn in delegating. I, we anything. All yeah. So that was the, I was told, you know, if you get above 30 transactions in a year, like that's only because you have someone helping out. I watched Sam, I watched Taylor do 50, 60, 70, 80 transactions without someone. So, you know, I did 70 transactions by myself before, you know, even thought about hiring someone. Then it was like, how do we get to a hundred? How do we get to, you know, and now we want to buy investment properties and, and grow that team. And um, so I was, I was very stubborn and in, in getting to the point of, but then I knew exactly what I need, wanted to delegate. Yeah. Yeah. So a few things, <laughs> consistency, right? Um, you talked about consistency, being very consistent with what you're doing. You talked about learning from other people's, um, you know, mistakes, but learning from what they're doing, uh, you know, growing that network, being with uh, the team you're with and, and watching these guys that are doing a ton of deals and saying, this, okay, I got to do this, listen to podcasts, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you talked about scheduling and uh, you talked about delegation. I mean, all, all great things. Um, what is a mistake that you've made and how have you learned from it? I've made lots of mistakes, <laughs> like lots of in my business. Um, it's been, you know, it was, it was like feeling like I've made mistakes where I'm working with a, a client and showing them 10 or 30 or 40 or 50 homes before I have the hard conversation of that. They're very unrealistic in what they're looking for. Trying um, to please them or you, just, being, yeah, being careful, a, you might lose them or what? What's yeah, that's reason? a great, um, that would be a fear of losing them. Mm -hmm. So a fear of going, Hey, what, what I'm bringing to the table isn't valuable enough. Like they need to see me as valuable and they know what's, what's right. When it, in reality, I go, sorry, after learning more and understanding and having coaches going, what, 
the knowledge that I have is very valuable and I'm doing them a disservice if I don't set better expectations up front because I'm nervous about them going, oh, you're too straightforward with us or you're mean in this way or you said we shouldn't go see this house. Um, and, and there's a way to have both like not be a jerk, but also be transparent with them and going, Hey, what you're, you know, unless your goal is to waste your own time, you know, this is, it's not lining up with, with the reality sort of thing. So that would be a mistake I, I made for definitely a couple couple of years. Um, I haven't. Yeah, no, I, I haven't, I've referred them out. So yeah. you could call that fire enough. Yeah, I would call that fire. Yeah, enough. yeah, I, yeah. I, would, I would call that you're just <clears throat> not the right fit for me. Yeah, and I've had, I've been very close to that with other clients, and then I I've come back to like, hey, this is it's it's usually where there there's a really high barrier to you know them getting to be a homeowner, um, and so then I kind of can look at that as a challenge of like. Hey, if not me, who's, who's going to, you know, go through this with them. Um, but I've also, I, I can't stand if people are, um, they're just mean or they're just, yeah. you know, they expect everything in, in the world now, otherwise you're mean nothing to them that that's not a, I've, I've passed those people along. Right. And you have to make sure that first of all, do their expectations align with the market? What reality is second of all, like, are they committed? Are they ready to make an offer when they find the place that they're looking yep. for? You know, are they willing to sign the deal to sell their house at the price you said we could sell it for? You know, do you want to make sure all that? I've fired people or not fired. I, I've, I've told people I do do mentoring and for multifamily investors. And, and I had several times, but I, one, one guy in particular, you know, I would tell him what to do. You got to do these five things before we meet again. And, and the next time we'd meet, I'd say, Hey, you know, how'd that go? Oh, I got busy. And it's like, look, you're either committed or you're not. And yep. I'm done with this call right now. I'm, we had nothing to talk about because you didn't do what I asked you to do set up a call with me in a week. And if you're not done with those things, then I think we're done. Yep. You know, and you, sometimes you just have to have that dad talk with them that just says, I love that. That's so true. Is yeah. Enough, right? yeah. um, and, and it's okay if, if they're offended. And I think that's the fear is like, oh, I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want to lose them as a client, but you're better off sometimes losing them as a client as you are keeping them as a client. Yeah. And it can be a false sense of hope, keeping them as a client. So I've exactly what you just said, met with people that go, Hey, I see you help people invest in real estate and buy their first rental or second rental or first apartment or, you know, whatever it is. And then I do that. I, I send them a follow-up email. There's some resources and it's my way of going, here's some kind of homework for you to do. Where have you connected with the lender? Have you read this book? Do you know yep. what you're looking for? And the the proof is in the pudding. If they come back to you and go, hey, I've spent hours coming through this stuff. Th- those are rock star people to work with. Yep. If they're they say, go. if you're following up with them, then let's not have the sense of hope that they're just going to be an awesome <laughs> buyer for you. Yeah, that is, uh, that's very, very true. Uh, in, in your investing. So you got the realtor side, you guys are doing well. You're, you're continuing to grow, uh, that side of the business team steady. 
investing side, what are you doing with that? What are you guys, what are you guys up to today? Yeah. So I've up to this point, I have invested just, just me and my wife. We started, we five years ago or four years ago now, um, bought our first property. We lived there for a year, a single family home, moved out, renters moved in, cash flowed, you know, a thousand dollars, moved into the next one for a year. Um, then moved out, you know, did the low down payment thing, lived there for a year, move out and do another owner occupant loan. So we did that a couple of times. Um, then as real estate, you know, I was making sales, purchased uh, a couple duplexes in the same neighborhood. Um, over the last four years have purchased a total of 15 buildings, adding up to 35 units, all kind of in the you know, a couple in Northeast Minneapolis, a couple in St. Paul, otherwise a lot of in the North Metro area here in, in the Twin Cities. So that's just been us. It's been a lot of buy, add a bedroom, a bathroom, you know, freshen up bathrooms, kitchen, you know, I, I early on refinanced, obviously refinancing is not the best option when not attractive right now. <laughs> yeah. Refinance from 4% to seven and a half percent. No, thank you. Um, but it's all been kind of equity ad type plays and, and yeah, now I'm hunting for larger, you know, apartment buildings, um, and would like to feel like I have a good sort of base of, you know, good solid rentals and solid areas with solid tenants, solid cash flow, Um, and so now would just look to level up to, you know, more doors under the same roof type of thing. Nice. Is there a certain metric you look to or like a secret sauce, something that you look to hit? Um, I think for a while it was definitely, you know, I would always look at like cash on cash return of, you know, what I'm putting in to a, a deal that was really, it's really simple to calculate when you're looking at the single family home, the duplex. Um, and I just have gotten good at those. So I kind of stayed in that realm and would be like, Hey, I, I need at least 10% cash on cash return of the money that I'm putting in. Um, and I actually started doing that because now I line investors up and go, Hey, you want to buy a, a, here's a single family home. Here's exactly how it's going to play out. I understand this market and, and that sort of thing. Um, now going up, I, I guess the metric would still be, you know, it, it's got a cash flow. It's got to be in a good area. Um, no amount of cash flow is worth the headache of being in a tougher area. Yeah, I hear you there. Um, and I, I didn't realize that when I started. It, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, I I listened enough that it's I I stayed away from tougher areas. Um, I didn't stay away from a couple tougher buildings that have turned into um, money pits for me. But that's a learning lesson. I know I've talked about that with you before. Um, and it'll all turn out good in the long run, but, um, yeah, so just solid buildings and solid areas with, you know, good tenant base. Um, and it's got a cash flow. What, why, why not the tougher building? Like if it's in a good area, why not just buy the tougher building? Um, yeah, maybe I shouldn't, I would just, unless I have good financing, lined up with a bank for a construction loan um, or something to that nature. Like I, I just, there, 
I have a feeling there's going to be some awesome deals. I'm already seeing them pop up. I just don't want to invest crazy amounts of um, cash if that's the right. way it has to play out into a building. So tying up, just tying up a ton of capital. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because now you're, ca you're still maybe going to cash flow, but your cash on cash is going down because you've got so much cash wrapped up into it. And that's the thing you, you got to realize when you're buying older building by older, I would say like older than 1980. Sure. Uh, when you're buying an older building, you have to understand like, they might be cool. It might be a great area, all that kind of stuff, but you just have to understand what could be, what could be wrong with it. Valuable doing super detailed inspections, but also just understanding the systems that are in those buildings are just old. Right? Yeah. And man, I don't, you know, plumbing and HVAC and electrical and structural and all that kind of stuff. That's just, just old. Uh, yeah. And you have to understand that there's going to be a lot of money in those buildings that get got to get sunk into them. So like you said, unless you can get some sort of different type of loan, construction loan, um, or just don't take on a project like that. Uh, yeah. Cause those, those can be, man, they can be money pits. I've dealt with some big time money pits uh, that just keep on sinking more and more of your money. Yeah, that's a it's a it's a tough one to play. So if, if there was that, it would be a very detailed inspection and what what it's going to look like, what it, what all is going to go into it, and be conservative there. If that was the case, and it was a screaming deal, like sure we can still you know make it happen, but anything short of that is like there's going to be one that's takes a little bit, you know, revamping kitchen bathrooms. The systems aren't so old. The windows aren't so old and yep. you know, you're, you're in a better spot right away. <laughs> real, real quick. I, I, you, you mentioned it, so I don't, I can't pass it, pass it off. Yeah. You said you're starting to see some opportunities. Um, what are you seeing out there? What do you think's coming? Like, you know, your crystal ball. Yeah. So on the, let's see the residential side, I'm seeing things sit for longer than I, you know, I haven't been around for so, so many years. So it's just, I'm, I'm working with five and a half years. Um, haven't seen anything like this in five and a half years with properties just sitting. So I'll use a super simple example, say a single family home in my market. That's a good kind of rental grade type first time home buyer, $350,000 home that would have sold, you know, with multiple offers a year ago, even and 40 offers two years ago. Um, that property's sitting at 350. We're seeing price reductions down to 325, down to 300. Those ones selling for 280. And I'm, this isn't across the board, but just seeing those exact same properties that I would have seen sell for more. So right there, I, I see a discount it's still tough because the cash flow on it as an investment um, is, yeah. is not great because you're borrowing at 7% kind of thing, but that's a, yeah. that's a discount. I'm seeing the same thing, million, million dollar homes in our area that are seeing a hundred thousand dollar price reductions, talking to agents that have sold lots of those properties saying the last couple months have been the slowest in the last eight years. Hmm. Still great properties at great prices in great areas are still, are still selling, but it's just days on market has, longer. is, is taking longer. Um, as far as the apartment owners, because I've, I've switched, um, as of kind of the beginning of this year, switched a lot of my focus to connecting with commercial owners to and apartment owners and starting to see some softening of like, 
uh, people have debt that's due, a balloon payment that's due maybe say next year and where they have this inflated idea of what the price of their, their building is. It could be a 20 unit building. Um, their conversation starting to shift a little compared to six months ago where they're starting to be open. Maybe a pro another project they have uh, isn't going as well and, and they're experiencing the cost of labor going up and unforeseen circumstances going up and just the economy as a whole. So, so now they're more likely to want to sell this smaller building, you know, the 20 unit building. Um, and so now they're a little bit more open to, to a price that makes sense. And in some cases, that's a price that's $400,000 less than what we talked about six months ago. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, Still tough to cash flow if someone's borrowing 80% or 75 from the bank, but I'm starting to see, you know, changes in that and some deals getting put together. Some people yeah. using assumable debt if the bank is allowing yeah. that, which it it always sounds easier than it maybe is. Um, because then the bank will charge a big fee or something like that. But yeah, I I just don't know if in I kind of go in two years, you know, at least for the people that are first time home buyers, I go like in two years, I think we'll look back and this will be a year stretch in time that we were like, that was kind of wild. Like things were sitting, you could kind of go pick and choose what you wanted and get a discount on price, but you were still cash flowing, but it wasn't super attractive. But in two years, I, I think, you know, if rates did come down a bit, all of a sudden people are going to be going hog wild over stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Prices, if they default, if they're continuing to go down or, or even at today, like you'll be able to refi eventually. So, um, all right. I know you got a time crunch, so I gotta get, <laughs> I gotta get you wrapped up here. Uh, I got two last questions. Uh, favorite book that you could pass to our listeners. Favorite book is I've gone through it like five times. So I'm going through it again. So I'll just share that one, a book called Purpose Driven Life. It's a, it's a Christian book, talks about uh, it's, it's 40 days. You read it for 40 days, 40 chapters, and just talks about where, uh, where we find purpose. So that's been one that is, it just, there's a reason I've read it every year. The last five years, I, I really like that one by uh, Rick, Rick, Rick Warren. Warren. Rick yeah. Warren. Yeah. Purpose-driven life. Awesome. Uh, and last question, what are your three pillars of wealth creation? Three pillars for sure. First one is family. Um, just investing in my family and knowing that my kids are the next generation and there's generations um, to come after that. Um, so my biggest, you know, uh, purpose is definitely just being a, a good husband and father to them. Um, another pillar would be my community. So being someone who invests in the community that I, I live in my church, I coach baseball at the high school with my brother. Um, that's really important to me just to be a impact in our own backyard. Um, and then uh, another one would just be business and, and financial literacy. So definitely want to pass along kind of the, uh, any positive business mind that I have to my to my kids and, and teach them how, how the world works and how money works. And so those are three pillars for me. Love it. Love it. Lars, really appreciate it. Uh, listeners, if you're, you know, in Minnesota, reach out to, to Lars with team steady, 
if you're not in Minnesota, still reach out to Lars. Lars, <laughs> how can our listeners uh, get in touch with you? Um, I want to say my Instagram handle is uh, larcy.anderson, larcy with a Y. I think lars.anderson was taken. Um, otherwise, can look me up on on Facebook, Lars Anderson in Minnesota. There's not a whole lot of them. Um, yeah, those are a couple, couple great ways. Cool. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a rating and review. Just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go up to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.